0: First, we built relationships with the community. We found out what did that homeless community in and of itself desire and mean.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast, Organic Outreach for Practitioners. Today, we have the pleasure of talking with Pastor Jace McEachran, who is the lead pastor at Faith Nazarene Church in Clovis, California. How are you doing today, Jason? Doing great, Walt, it's uh, wonderful to be here, thank you.
0: Absolutely, it's a pleasure. So uh, tell us a little bit about your church. Uh, well, uh, Faith Community Church is uh, its a story in and of itself. We're located in Clovis, California, on the west side of Clovis, right on the border of the city of Fresno. Uh, we're in Fresno County, and uh, we are a community church. Uh, let's see here. Uh, some unique things about the church. Uh, it, since I've been here, we have become a Uh, multicultural congregation. We're a bilingual church, and that presents uh, a lot of unique challenges and extreme blessings as it allows us to uh, be more equipped to, well, expand the kingdom of God and and reach the gospel to those that that need to hear it. Uh, We run about, uh, in total, uh, just under 300. Uh, We're in a uh, Poor to middle class neighborhood, and uh, we minister uh, primarily in this area. And it's unique because if you go just on the south side of our campus, uh, you're one. In, you're in one of the poorest areas in the Fresno area. You go to the north side of our campus, and it's uh, single family dwellings, middle class. Uh, so there's really a line of demarcation that uh, really goes and transcends right through the property of the church itself. I've been here since August of 2016, and the church has been on this campus, well, about since the 1980s. And in uh, the 1990s, uh, they built what is now our sanctuary and our main building, uh, before that, they were using our what we have now as our fellowship hall as the main sanctuary. But as the church grew, uh, more space was needed. And then, in uh, right around the year twenty thousand or two thousand, twenty thousand, two thousand, uh, there's two Nazarene churches in the area combined. That was Clovis' first church of the Nazarene, and uh, Calvary. Church of the Nazarene. And when they combined, uh, the name was changed to Faith Community Church of the Nazarene. So truly, we are a, uh, a united church um, founded on Christ by faith. A blended family. We are a blended family. And, <laughs> and all goes with it, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and being just outside of Fresno, uh, for, for a lot of our listeners who, uh, they think California, they think LA and beaches, um, no beaches around you, right?
0: No, there's no beaches around me. In fact, when I think of California, I like to think of beaches, <laughs> but the beach is about two and a half hours, three hours away, on a good day. Uh, we're dead center in the heart of California's Central Valley, yeah. uh, which is uh, wonderful because it's a thoroughway for commerce, travel, um, and there's never never not an opportunity to go ahead and share our faith. Excellent. So uh, talking
1: organic outreach, uh, we first met when I came out, it was uh, early 2017, uh, and your district hosted a one-day training for churches, and your church hosted that training. Uh, So talk to us a little bit about just the evolution from that first, those nascent stages uh, to where you are right now. What kind of a journey have you been on?
0: It's been a wild ride, and I'd like to say that uh, it's been very linear, Uh, but what we found out um, really through the cohorts was that um, this is a process, and there's an ebb and flow and a natural rhythm that that really takes hold. So we we were introduced to organic outreach when you came and spoke at our district. Uh, Immediately, I just felt the Lord's prompting saying, this is it, and we joined that cohort. Uh, during that time uh, I introduced the the concept which at that point it was just this really cool thought uh, to our board the best I could and then jump headlong right into the cohort to find out really what is organic outreach about and how can we apply this new operating system into the local church and and the cohort uh, that
1: you're talking about is the those monthly gatherings we that we do we Coach six to eight churches at a time. You had a number of other Nazarene churches in Central Valley actually uh, involved in that cohort as well. We went for two years with that. Um, so tell us how you first introduced it to your board. How did I, that conversation go?
0: Well, I first introduced it to the board. Uh, fortunately, some of the key board members heard you speak. And so there was a kind of a shared thoughts. And and what we did is we just shared that, um, well, what is the primary goal of the church? And we we began to have this conversation at the board level is, are we effectively reaching the lost with the gospel of Christ? Is this a focus of our church? Is that how our church operates? And if it's not how it operates on what operating system are we, are we currently navigating? And at this time I was less than two years or I'm sorry, less than one year at faith community. And I was still learning the ins and outs of, of the characteristics of the local church here. And as the board and I spoke together, we found out that uh, the operating system we had really was more of a ministry-based programmatic system rather than a fully functional operating system in which uh, every single part of the local church has uh, operates through organic outreach. And we used organic outreach as a precipice to do drastic culture change within the way we function as a church and the way that our ministries present themselves through the local church.
1: That's great. That's excellent. So um, as you got the board on board, as you will, mm-hmm. um, how did your plans kind of lay out from there in terms of how we introduce this to the congregation. Now, you had a little head start because I preached, as I recall, the next morning, I preached to your congregation. So you you had a bit of a a leg up on the introduction of it. Uh, But how did you then kind of weave it in and and roll it out for your ministry leaders and and help them understand uh, this journey?
0: Uh, Everything is steeped in prayer, Walt. And we didn't do anything without first seeking God Mm -hmm. and having him open doors. And so trying not to get in front of him and I'm a go-getter and I really like everything done last week. And so that was, that was a challenge for me. But what we did is once we decided to be all in, and that was a key is being all in, went to the intensive, uh, got training myself and then brought that training back. We got an organic outreach influence team leader and I prayed about that individual, approached that individual, and began to work with that organic outreach team influence leader right from the get-go and while we're waiting for that uh, soil to be tended to and nurtured i began to meet with our ministry leaders and find out where are they and what type of um, outreach opportunities are they giving those in their ministry as well as the leaders and those were one-on-one meetings you had with them Yes, they were one-on-one meetings, and then we also, we began with a big group meeting, and then we had one-on-one meetings after. That. So did you get any,
1: were there any pockets of pushback or resistance, or, or people who just were kind of hesitant, like, oh, no, this is the next big thing, and we can just kind of wait it out,
0: or? There, I I would like to say that, you know, the heavens opened up, and it just, it, it, it was wonderful, but no, there was some resistance, and it was um, we've been doing this for a long time. We know what we're doing. Uh, what about the local church? Don't we don't we matter? What about why are all of our resources going outside when we're the ones that that are really um, we're the ones that are in need? Yeah, feed me, pastor. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but those conversations, Walt, were wonderful conversations because what we had an opportunity to realize is really how much God has given us through his son and how important that is to share that with everybody we meet. Now, you've been at this for,
1: for several years now, and I, I had a, a great conversation. Um, I think it was about midsummer this last uh, last year in 2019 with uh, Rob um, and Deb Songer, who are the district superintendents for your district of Nazarene Church there. And they shared with me a couple of stories that they've been hearing that they were sharing widely with everybody they could talk to um, something about homeless ministry
0: so yeah. uh, can you tell me a little bit about that uh, the homeless ministry we call it uh, the hands of compassion or uh, los manos de compassion and it is a ministry within our local church that was started by the laity of the church uh, with the the single purpose of building Christ-like relationships in our community to share the gospel, and I actually did not spearhead this one. It came across my desk and saying, "Hey, pastor, we we're going out and we're building some relationships with people in the in downtown. Would you like to come with us?" And I did, and I was I was blown blown away to say the least. Yeah. So, uh, so that ministry though, you had some ministry to
1: the homeless camp. Uh, mm-hmm. In the past, and I, I think they 've been providing meals there, uh, but it evolved It, it changed from uh, what it had been
0: to something entirely new. It did this uh, We began to build one on one relationships. Everything that we did is uh, basic fundamentals right out of organic outreach. Uh, first, we built relationships with the community, we built consistency. We found out what did that homeless community in and of itself desire and need. Uh, we are at, uh, so at this point, we're praying about, they asked us to, to start a church service in the homeless encampment. Uh, <laughs> approximately 360 people have accepted Christ. And that wasn't through services. That was through one-on-one interactions with individuals sharing their faith, hearing their story, sharing their testimony, and people finding out that I need Jesus.
1: So instead of going into the camps and and just putting food onto plates and, and doing assembly line, crossing over that table and sitting down with people and, and just asking for yes.
0: their stories. Absolutely. So we sit down, we uh, interact, uh, we share our life, and we hear the life stories of those that we're speaking with. Uh, one of the great things that uh, we set up a full Christmas uh, feast in the middle of a street with tables. Uh, and <laughs> <clears throat> th- th- I got to share this. So it was so cool. So we, we, we share communion. And then we invited anybody who would like to participate. And we said that you need to know Christ as your Lord and Savior. And people began to just, it, in that invitation, accepted Christ. But then, after afterwards, uh, the encampment broke out. An amazing grace, uh, acapella, in the middle of the street, praising God. That is inspiring, to yeah. say the least. It, it, it was. I get chills every time I think of it.
1: So now I know uh, from the time that I was there, um, you celebrate every soul that comes to Christ in your church. And you, you had some way of symbolizing that up on the walls, right in the sanctuary.
0: <laughs> we so, do. So,
1: so you just told me you had 360 through the homeless camp, come to Christ. How's how this impacting
0: your budget? Well, <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't. And that's the thing is that it doesn't cost anything from the local church to share Christ. Yeah. Our resources go to providing opportunities to meet that end. But it's the passion of God's people sharing their passion of God with others in a very authentic way that is transformative. So you're mentioning about when somebody comes to know the Lord. So uh, in Scripture, it says that every time that, that a uh, soul enters the kingdom of heaven, all of heaven rejoices, right? And so we think, well, if, if heaven's rejoicing, we like to celebrate, let's party with heaven. And so we have this theme song, and as soon as we play this song, the whole congregation stands up, and they begin to worship God in praise. And then they're looking around, and then down the center aisle come these white flags that represent souls that have surrendered their life to Christ. And then we we put them up in these stands, and we share a testimony. It's either of the person that accepted Christ or of that person— say they don't live in town or they don't attend our church, but they still accepted Christ, then we go ahead and we get we share their testimony. Well, that's a lot of flags. And so <laughs> we ended up having to make um, in, um, markers of 50. So we had groupings of like this flag represents 50 souls and this flag represents 50 souls. And we were running out of room. And I, that's a good problem to have. This is a great logistical problem to have. <laughs> it is. Oh, and, and so along that line, uh, when we started, there was, I believe the first year, about 14 people came to know the Lord. Yeah. The The next year, there was about 50. The year after that, there was about 100. This year, we're looking at just under 400. That's and amazing. This anything, and this isn't a program at yeah. all. What this is is this is an operating system. Every ministry that we have, every we, we're getting away from doing events, but every interaction we have is has a component built into it that is relational based, that offers opportunities that are steeped in prayer for people to share their faith.
1: That's amazing. So I, I also understand that um, you forged some. Interesting relationships with schools, and I know, you know, particularly here in California, and and there are other states that are, you know, similar. Um, you would, oftentimes I talk to Christians here, and they're like, "Oh, we can't, we can't go to the school. We can't go on campus there. They, we're not allowed." Um, how do you overcome that perception? And what is the reality that you've experienced
0: as you've reached out and engaged? Uh, we reached out to the school. And we just started building relationships with the front office and that went great. And then after a while we began to invite them into a partnership and we asked them, Hey, what are the major things that you see that would help the students in this community? And they told us, and we said, okay, we're going to see if we can go ahead and try to affect some of that. And we began to earn the trust of the school. Uh, Pretty soon the Lord prompted us and, and we asked can we pray for you? And they said, sure. Pretty soon we have a prayer box in the teacher's lounge that allows the teachers to write anonymous prayers. And, and then we pray for them as a congregation. The, um, if, somebody in the, if somebody in the school needs something, the, the school knows that if they give us a call, we're going to do everything possibly to meet that tangible need because we're committed to this community. And we're committed to this community that it would be it would be a good well served community in the name of Jesus yeah, Yeah.
1: excellent praise God boy that's uh you know we have so many perceptions out there that that we use and, and wave around as excuses for why we don't engage um, and, absolutely and it's, it's sometimes hard to overcome those and, and sometimes you just have to do it by demonstrating and, and stepping out across the line yeah.
0: Absolutely. And also, um, I really rarely ever say no. Uh, so I got asked to to be a mentor of leadership for the um, Fellowship of Christian Athletes for FCA over at the school. And so every month I get asked to come in and give a devotional with scripture in a classroom to a bunch of students and we pray together. And kids are coming to know the Lord through that. Uh, the school is saying that this is this is a public school in California saying, if you need a church, that's the church you want to go to. This church is the community's church. Yeah. This is, and, and so the church, the school actually referred to, this is our church. Oof. And so, and, and this just has to do with being open and engaging, right? Yeah. And, and communicating well, relationally with the community. I'll tell you, I just I look forward to the day
1: that communities are transformed in a way that the school officials say the church is our church, yeah. the big C church, that they see that in, in every church that's in their community. Um, because you can't do all of it, Jason. You and your church can't do all of it. But uh, what an amazing start. What an amazing example uh, for others in your community.
0: And we're inviting other churches to participate with us at the school because it's not about us. Yeah. It's not even about the school. It's about yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and we don't want to lose sight of that. Yeah. Well,
1: thank you for taking time to share uh, just a little bit with us today. And uh, what, what can we be praying for for you and for your church? Uh,
0: you know what? We've got, we've got a big year ahead of us. And God really gave us um, a clear-cut vision to narrow our focus a bit Uh and specifically three areas Um, in our compassionate ministry, which is that the homeless and our our food pantry, which we've um, kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, Uh, our community and and our relationship with the school. And then also we're gonna be reaching out and trying to make a difference in the lives of the seniors in our area, as well as those caregivers. Uh, We're finding that at least in our neck of the woods, uh, caregivers, uh, the millennials, are becoming the caregivers of the past generation. And those millennials have families. Those families need help. Uh, our seniors are getting pushed aside. Uh, Health care is going up. And uh, they really need support of the local church. Uh, and in that, we're, we're attempting to be uh, an incarnational church to make a real-life difference to meeting the, the physical, emotional, spiritual needs of those we encounter. So if you could pray that God would open up our opportunities as well as give us wisdom and discernment in that, that would be really, really helpful.
1: That is added to our list. In fact, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just pray for that right now. And I'm going to ask uh, our sure. listeners, um, not only as you're listening to this, uh, have this prayer on your heart, but carry this prayer forward. Um, you know, One of the things that we know from personal experience and from experience of the, the folks that we've worked with over the years is as, as you do outreach well, Uh, It will be a bumpy road. Uh, The enemy does not like it. The enemy will find ways to attack your health. They'll attack your family. They'll attack your wealth. They'll they'll find ways to try to discourage you. And so we need a a hedge of protection around us as we engage in this battle. Uh, So let me just pray for you right now. All right, Heavenly Father, I just lift up uh, my brother Jason and uh, and the church as they have just gone all in with outreach in their community. That they are seeing the loss, the way that Jesus sees them, and they're finding ways to engage, even in in areas and, and places that that we would think otherwise are places we can't go. Uh, Fathers, just pray as they they narrow their focus in the coming year to to harness their resources and get the greatest kingdom impact that they possibly can, just help them to embrace their compassionate ministry, to continue to deepen those community and school relationships, that, that they would find new and unique ways to engage with the seniors and, and support their caregivers. Uh, and Father, I just ask that you bless them with resources as well, that they can continue to expand these ministries. And I, I pray, Father, that the other churches in the area would be drawn into this movement, that, that they would step up to the plate and, and begin pouring into outreach in new and unique ways uh, to meet all the needs of the community uh, father just pray uh just protection around uh, jason and his family i pray for protection around his church around his ministry leaders around his congregation father they are truly uh, picking up the cross and and bearing that on a daily basis and I just praise them for their efforts and their their diligence to that father just lift all this up in the precious name of your son amen amen all right, Jason, as always, it is a pleasure connecting with you. Uh, let's not make it too long before we hook up again. And for Absolutely. all of you listening, thank you for tuning into this. Uh, if, if you're interested in talking to Jason, I'm sure he'd be happy to, uh, to have a conversation with you. You can find him, uh, look on the web, just search the internet for Faith Nazarene Church in Clovis, and you will find him.
0: Absolutely.
1: All right. Thank you very much. Until next time. I hope that this conversation has been encouraging and inspiring to you. Whether we're leading a ministry, church, a denomination, or a family, we need to be engaging every day in reaching out to the lost in ways that are natural. And my prayer is that this podcast provides you with new perspectives, inspirational stories, and creative ways to overcome the challenges we face in this ongoing spiritual battle to reach the lost. If you're engaged in organic outreach in your denomination, church, or home, and you have experiences, stories, or testimonies, that you feel would be helpful to others, please send us an email at info at organicoutreach.org. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Walt Bennett reminding you to be on the lookout for divine appointments. And as the Apostle Peter encouraged us, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have.